You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. If, 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 if your blood runs orange and blue, orange and blue, 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 blue this, this is the pod, is the for, pod you. for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. Um, this one Monday night is a big one. And, and if they can get this one, we'll see if they can get the ball rolling because the schedule does get tougher as uh, as the month rolls on. So let, let's discuss this. So let's start with this Monday night game. The Knicks and Bucks are in action with New York riding a four-game win streak into this affair. The Knicks travel to Toronto Friday, beat the Raptors. Um, very interesting game. Knicks dominated for most of the game, still had problems closing. Jalen Brunson, clutch bucket, was able to kind of get them ahead and keep them ahead in that one. Um, the Bucks also haven't played uh, this weekend. They played Friday night, and they just got demolished by the Charlotte Hornets. They gave up 51 points in that first uh, quarter of that game, which was like a record. They uh, also gave up 138 points for the game. So ugly, ugly game the Bucs are coming from. Giannis held the single digits in that game. So you know the Bucs will be ready to go in this one. Uh, on the injury front, I mentioned returns. Obi Toppin uh, participated fully in practice over the weekend, and – the word and the momentum is that he is trending towards making a return to action and to the rotation in this game. Now, he has been active in these games recently, but uh, as Tom Thibodeau has refer- uh, referenced, he's been, quote-unquote, situational, which essentially means you ain't getting on the court. <laughs> so he's not been a guy who, who he's looked at to come off the bench, but that could change given OB participate fully in practice. RJ Barrett uh, participated partially in practice, which is a good sign. Um, he is still listed though as doubtful uh, because of a finger laceration that we now have learned was also a dislocation. So RJ Barrett, unlikely but trending in the right direction. OB very well could see action Monday night. For the Bucks. important, important injury here. Chris Middleton still has a sore knee. He will not play in this one. Serge Ibaka has kind of been out of the rotation, but he also won't be available for uh, for personal reasons. So um, very interesting kind of dynamics with the injury front for this one. Uh, Tommy, keys to Nick's victory to get this to five wins in a row. Yeah, so let's start with Milwaukee. Um, uh, we'll talk about the Knicks, another impressive win Friday night. And just, you know, again, we'll talk yeah. about their just kind of big picture. You know, they're, they're, they're trending in the right direction. But um, I got to admit, I got a bad feeling about tonight's game. Um, you know, we talked at other points in the season against the desperate Raptors team back in late December. And, you know, the, a lot of the schedules about you catch a team on the second night of a back to back or the last game of a road trip and, you know, where they're missing a good player. Um you know, you can benefit from that type of stuff. Those, those kind of interest, it, it, it was just weird things. Those, those, uh, that, that pop up in the schedule from time to time, but you're taking on a Bucks team. They've lost six and nine. Um, EJ mentioned that they were just absolutely embarrassed by the Hornets at home. Um, you know, just again, 51 points, the most ever given up in a first quarter. 
uh, tied the, I should say, tied the record for most points allowed in the first quarter. Uh, the only other team to put up 51 points in the first quarter was the Kevin Durant uh, and Steph Curry Warriors teams. Um, so, yeah, and and again, uh, it wasn't like they, you know, they, okay, we get, we had a bad first quarter, let's lock in here. They gave up 138 points to a terrible Hornets team. Um, uh, earlier on, on New Year's Day, they gave up 118 points in a blowout loss to the Wizards. Um uh, you know, they're, they're, a lot of their other losses, the the other six, the nine recent losses are are respectable. The Nets and the Celtics in there, um, loss to the Bulls. Um, but but even their win, they beat the Raptors in overtime. They almost, uh, uh, you know, let that game slip away. So um, after Friday's game, uh, Coach Mike uh, Budenholzer said, we haven't matched what it takes to be competitive in an NBA game on multiple occasions now, and it's concerning. Um, you mentioned Giannis Antetokounmpo, nine points. Um, that's just not the type of production, obviously, expect to see from him. I expect the Bucks to come out and really, you know, make I, – I, I don't want to say playoff intensity or treat it as a must-win game because they're a championship contender. It's the middle of January. Nobody's going to get too worked up about this right. type of game, but again – Great teams don't allow losing streaks to get extended. They don't allow these, you know, these these uh, stretches of really poor play and poor effort. More more alarmingly, um, you just don't see that from a Giannis Antetokounmpo team. And I don't expect yeah. it to continue Monday night. I expect you know Knicks are if they're going to win, Knicks are going to have to play a really hard fought and execute well. Um, there was talk that Chris Middleton might return. Um, he's going to travel with the team, um, but it looks like he, he he's already been ruled out, so he'll miss at least Monday's game. Um, so Knicks get a benefit in in that way. Um, they don't yeah. have to, they're not going to take on the full uh, you know the, the fully healthy Milwaukee roster. Um, but again. I expect Milwaukee to get after it defensively, give the Knicks all they can fight. Knicks have struggled a little bit at home. They've kind of corrected those, um, you know, those, those, those hiccups from earlier in the season. Um, but yeah, I think uh, all things considered tonight's going to be a um, really good test of where the Knicks are right at this, uh, you know, basically the midpoint of the season. And it's funny, you, you talk about the Bucs and their struggles and, and how you would expect them to, to be on their P's and Q's. And I do agree with that. I also feel like when we talk about the Knicks and their struggles at home, the Knicks have to understand that because of the Madison Square Garden effect, they're always going to get other teams' best shots. Like, even though the Knicks are not a team that, like, you would think are worthy of getting other teams' best shot um, because, you know, uh, the Knicks haven't necessarily won a lot. They're not necessarily a, a perennial winner at this point. But I, I think when we ask why the Knicks struggle so much at home, and some of it is their own issues, but people come in, they shoot really well at the Garden, they have big games at the Garden. They guys play up for this game, like this. No matter what the Knicks' record is, going to play a game Madison Square Garden is always going to be a big game. So the Bucks, I do agree. Would I, I would expect them to to have their their, their A game because this is a, a game at Madison Square Garden. Um, the lights are bright and the Knicks are playing well. And they're struggling. So it, it has a recipe for the Bucks to come out there and really um, play a good game. What's interesting about this matchup, because I don't know why, of all the games I've watched against like certain teams, I always seem to always be available to, even before I was doing this uh, podcast, to always watch these Bucks-Knicks games. And the Knicks usually played them really well. Like, on the surface, you look at them and say, that this looks like a terrible matchup. Because it's like, you're like, who actually guards Giannis? Um, the Bucks have so many three-point shooters. Like on paper, it looked like the Knicks wouldn't match up well with them. But over the last two or three years, like they usually played them really well. Like they usually are in the game. They've beat them a couple of times in Milwaukee. 
So I think this will probably be a competitive game because the Knicks are playing uh, really good basketball. But when you talk about Giannis, what is the recipe to stopping him for the Knicks uh, on Monday? I mean, I assume it's going to – I mean, I think Mitch is going to probably start on him. But I, I expect Mitch to maybe play like 10 minutes tonight because he, he's fouled out. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, like I love Mitch, um, and he's had a little bit of trouble with the fouls recently. He's gotten a lot better at it over the course of his career. But I just feel like Giannis is going to get him out of there real quick, and then they're going to have to go to plan B. Yeah, I mean, even if you have an all-NBA defender at, at the four or the five, guarding Giannis is always a team effort, you know, and it's uh, it's 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 been that way for years and years, and the recipe really hasn't changed. Um, you build a wall in the paint, and you dare him to shoot three-pointers. Um, he can knock some down on occasion, but you can definitely live with that. If he's knocking yeah. down threes, you tip your hat and, and go on your way. Um, you want to dare him to shoot long twos and threes because once he gets ahead of steam, um, and you know, even if sometimes you give him too much room, he'll drive past you, get past that first defender. He's doing a better job of, of, of finding uh, fellow shot makers uh, on the wing, and, they've, and the, and the Bucs have done a good job of surrounding him with, with, with uh, three-point shooters. Um, they also got Joe Angles back. They're kind of working him back into the rotation. Obviously, Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, um, Brooke Lopez is a you know very good uh, three point shooter for a big man. Um, so yeah, but but in terms of Giannis, um, well. Randall, yep, Randall will take a crack at him. Mitch is going to take a crack at him. You'll you'll see some Jericho Sims. Um, you know that that's a matchup that that kind of you know if if, if there's a player um, that that Tibbs probably feels comfortable throwing at um Giannis it, it's you you'd figure it Sims good uh um uh, he's, a, he's a versatile defender can guard you know quicker guys out on the perimeter um so hopefully you think he can stay in front of Giannis has the strength and the and the muscle to to kind of at least uh, challenge Giannis at the rim if and when he gets around the basket um so I think you'll see a combination of different defenders um you know just kind of thrown at Giannis we might even see some Grimes on him um Grimes did a really good job on Pascal Siakam Friday night one of the keys to victory um, after 51 points um, that uh, Siakam hung on the Knicks at the Garden, and Knicks hold him to 4-14 shooting. A lot of that was was Grimes. Um, but yeah, Giannis is a different animal, different beast. Again, um, you know, we may see them take the you know take the strategy um, where it's let Giannis get his points and, and kind of reduce everyone else's. We've seen that strategy kind of pick up steam, and, and Tibbs has employed that at different points of the season. So um, we'll see if that kind of uh, becomes an issue going forward. Yeah, and these teams played against each other at the Garden. A very another very good game, very good match between these two teams at the end of November. The Bucks won that one, one hundred nine, one hundred three, and essentially that was the strategy. Giannis had thirty seven points. Um, I, met, I joked about Mitch Robinson, but that he had maybe his best game of the season that night. He had fifteen points and twenty rebounds in that game, and, and and did not have foul trouble. So let's hope he can you know, repeat that. Uh, but that was the strategy. Essentially, was to kind of let Lana Giannis get his. And kind of keep everybody else in check. And you know, Drew Holiday was the only guy that had uh over 20 points. Everyone else was in the low single digits or even uh I mean low double digits or even single digits. Um the shooting though, that the Knicks being able to guard the three, that will that will also be a big, big thing in the scouting report for this team because the Knicks uh when they've defended the three well, typically they win. Um when when they don't, that's when you see them have problems and a uh, guy like Grayson Allen, who's killed the Knicks uh, when they play against them, he had a huge three in that game that uh, yes. essentially put the Bucks ahead and put them ahead for good. Uh, he's gonna be—he's had a good year. Uh, he's—he's he's gonna be someone they're gonna have to keep an eye on. 
Yes, and 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 also just you know to, to on the defensive standpoint, it's kind of simple. Obviously, if you, you don't allow the other team to score a lot of points, you have a better chance of winning. <laughs> right. The, the Knicks this season, they are undefeated when they allow fewer than 110, 109. They they lost one game when they gave up one hundred nine. But if they yeah, give that was up, to the Bucks. <laughs> yep, that was really to the Bucks. Yeah. If, if, exactly. If they give up one hundred eight or less, they are one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 14 and 0 now this season. Wow. So um again, a lot of the a lot of the when the Knicks play well defensively, they give themselves a very good chance to win because again, they've been solid offensively all season, thanks in large part to Brunson. Um, but speaking of Brunson, just did want to pick yeah. um J- Javon Javon Carter is one, a difficult matchup for Brunson. He's he one is. of those guys that that he presses him 94 feet, um, you know, really makes it difficult for opposing point guards to kind of get in their flow. Um, Brunson was just eight of tw- eight for twenty-two from the floor, one of his least efficient games of the season. Um, and for his career for a guy that's usually around the 50 percent mark um so yeah carter as he as as he does a lot of point guards is a real pain in the in the butt for brunson um so uh jb will have to have a um hopefully bounce back with an efficient uh contest on, on yeah. tonight Monday. and i think that means the guy we talked about in the last episode ex- extensively emmanuel quickly gonna be huge tonight too because that what the, the benefit for them having carter is that actually allows them to save holiday uh put him on either bigger guards or put him on your secondary guard where you feel like, you know, teams that use teams that have multiple ball handlers in the Knicks, um, you don't get a rest because uh Jerron Carter's hounding your point guard. Then how he's on a guy who maybe is a valuable player, and that's that's gonna be IQ. So uh and Quentin Grimes as well uh, is gonna have Holly chasing him around. So uh it is an interesting matchup. Uh you know, uh, later in the week I do want to focus on like um on potential playoff matchups. And this is a team that the Knicks would potentially be playing in the playoffs with. There are a lot of, there are some things that on again on paper don't necessarily break well for the Knicks, but they, they tend to play fine and they seem to kind of compete with this team. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how the Knicks respond considering how well they played. Uh, what do you think about Toppin's return potentially? Like, like it sounds like it definitely could happen. I think that they could definitely use him. Does it mean we talked about it before, but uh, whether or not Tibbs goes, you know, 10 men or if someone leaves the rotation will be uh, something to point out this is a big team the Knicks are playing so I think if they do play top I think there's a good chance that that he goes to 10 even Uh, if it's just this game agreed agreed and um you know, obviously you don't want to, you don't want to throw him back in the lineup and Hey, go guard that Giannis guy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But Toppin could play some stretch five and, you know, he obviously or Brooke Lopez, who, you know, and, and if Sims, if he shares the floor with Sims, Sims could get Giannis and, um, and, and, and top and I mean, Brooke Lopez yeah. is a, you know, guy that's yeah. going to stretch out on the perimeter. Um, yeah, so, so is Portis top, top can guard him. So. Totally, totally, very similar player, um, Bobby Portis to to top, and so, um, but yeah, I think um, if he's ready, and it sounds like he's certainly trending in that direction, um, you get him out there, let him get, you know, let him, let him get his feet wet, uh, you know, just try to work off some of that rust. Eventually, he's going to have to start knocking it off. Um, but yeah, if he does, even if he does play only twelve minutes, fourteen minutes, ten minutes, um, 
it'll be interesting to see if that comes out at the expense of one of the nine guys that have been part of the rotation, whether that's Sims or, or Hardenstein, who's been struggling. Um, it'll be very interesting to see. But um, again, as well as Randall's played, and, and we'll talk a little bit about um, his his really incredible run over the last month and really over the first few months of the season. Um, it should be uh, uh, it should the Knicks should prioritize getting him limiting his minutes a little bit um, because he's really had to carry an uh, an outsized load on his shoulders for, you know, the last, last month or so, especially with Barrett out Brunson missing a few games. He's really put the team on his back um, and done a great job, but you know, if Obi can get in there um, and, 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 you know, cut his minutes down from 38 to 34, um, even something along those lines could, could help the Knicks big picture long-term. And I know sometimes Tibbs gets knocked for not thinking about the, you know, the, the two months from now, the yeah. big picture. Um, if, if Obi's available, um, I think it would make a lot of sense for him to get some burn. And I don't know if you watched the uh, – I know you watched the game, but I don't know if you saw the the, the interview Randall did after the game on MSG. Um, it was a very good question. I, I don't know if it was Wally or or, um, or uh, whoever was doing the play or play. It was not Breen. But, um, but someone asked about the fact that the Knicks have been – yeah. Um, and, and, and how the Knicks have been executing in the half court. And Randall actually spoke about how the Knicks have kind of transitioned from being a fast break team to a half court team this season, which is kind of happened under, like, kind of under, like, like we didn't really kind of talk about it. Or nobody really kind of mentioned it, but it is true. Uh, the Knicks were running a lot to start the season, and I loved it. I think it was necessary. And now you've seen them transition more into a half court team, and they're executing pretty well in the half court. Um, Toppin coming back into the fray, do we see more of that running? Uh, that because you know, maybe him being out, you know, kind of takes away a lot of your running game, or or or, or if they remain more of a half court team, how does he fit in there? I thought that that was a very interesting comment by Randall. Good point, EJ. And I actually looked at it on over the weekend. The Knicks are dead last in pace over the last month. Um, That's they, fascinating. They rank and, and nobody's talked about it because they won a lot of games. A hundred percent. If they weren't, and you know, like the, I'll I'll mock myself here. We get on Tibbs. Oh, they need to push the pace. Um, but again, winning is the is the antidote. Is the is the best fragrance. Um, it, you know. Um, uh, but yes, I, I I was I was surprised at at that number as well. You know, I figured it'd be in the bottom, like you know, the, the bottom mm-hmm. third of the league or so. But for them to rank thirtieth out of thirty, um, in in pace over the last uh, five weeks or so, basically dating back to the start start of the eight game winning streak. Um, so yes, I, I found that interesting as well, but yeah, to, to Randall's point, I think a lot of it um, pushing the pace was when you're trying to incorporate new pieces and you have Brunson yeah. in the mix um, and you thought, Oh, we'd get a lot more minutes now with topping out and you go, you go to a nine man rotation. You want to slow the game down a little bit. Um, Sims is obviously not a, a, a guy that's going to push the, push the ball on the break and Hardenstein um, can pass as well. And, you know, can get out in transition um, in the right circumstances. Um, but, it, you know, RJ missing as well. He's another guy that would grab a rebound and push yeah. it. Um, with him out, you kind of want to, you know, the, the Knicks tend to slow the, slow the game down a little bit. Um, and proving defensively allows you to do that as well. So, you, And then when you have success, you, you, you lean into it. Um, and, and to Tibbs' credit, um, he's, he's kind of found that that balance. But again, 
that doesn't mean you give up easy baskets if they present themselves. And now when exactly. you introduce a guy like Toppin back in the mix, um, and he's, you know, as the, as the art, once RJ returns, then you have IQ and McBride and Toppin on the floor together. Then you have a more, uh, you know, an up-tempo second unit that can kind of, you know, give a little thunder and lightning type thing where Randall will bully you for, for the first quarter. And then we'll try to run past you in the second quarter. So I think we'll see more of that going forward. I think of a lot of that to do obviously without top and, um, and, and some, and, and, and RJ missing extended periods of time that kind of changed the, uh, the, the game plan, but that shouldn't be, that, that doesn't mean that you can't go back to getting, finding easy transition buckets um, yeah. in the games going forward once OB returns. And, and the one thing I will say before we move on about pace is I, I, I want to give tips a lot to you, a lot of credit here, which is a little rare for me, but getting guys to push the tempo even if you know you're not going to play that way for an entire season, it allows you to be even more active also in your half-court offense. So what happens sometimes when you're a slow-down uh, slow half-court team, you kind of get bogged down in people standing around. Um, sometimes as a coach or when you're coaching any team, it could be even, you know, uh, you know, uh, PB League or AAU League, like getting your team to push high school, getting your team to push the ball makes people run. It makes people move. So even when you get back into playing more of your half-court style, yes. guys are, one, they're in shape so yep. to run your half-court offense with efficiency, and two, they're, they're, they're already conditioned to be moving and be running. So I think that's why you've seen the Knicks execute way better than the half-court this year despite being last to pace over this last month than you have in previous seasons because they're now conditioned to run. They're conditioned to be more active offensively. When you see these isolation, of, of isolation um, situations, you're seeing more cutting. You're seeing more movement. You're seeing uh, you're getting better spacing partly because, you know, you got Brunson out there and he's such a great guy to create shots for people, too. But I think that that, that actually there was a method to madness to that. I don't know if they're ever going to ever going to be what they were out there. They were one of the, the like they were kind of like top third of the league in pace. I don't know if they're ever going to play that way, but I think you're seeing them play better now because of how they started the year. Totally. And the other thing is it makes you more difficult to prepare for. If you're just yeah. a half-court team that, that that the other team, you know, that that, that the opposing coaching staff and, and the scouts don't have to worry about, okay, we don't have to worry about them getting out of transition. Just let's focus on these seven set plays that they've run. You know, you can dedicate time and practice and preparation. Um, it's kind of like when a um, – uh, uh, an offensive coordinator of an NFL team will run jet sweeps or, you know, if you have like a Tebow type play or a Taysom Hill where you can, you know, use different options, it just yep. makes it a little more difficult to prepare for the other stuff that you're going to run. If you have to, in the back of their mind, have the opponent worried about these other gadget plays that you might run here and there. And for the Knicks, just getting out in transition just puts that seed in my, you know, just, it, it does impact a little bit. Um, just the, the preparation, self-scouting thing. Yeah, Knicks Bucks, 7.30 Monday night at the Garden.